Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. To Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Your guys, Cody Felger, Derek Larger here as always. Guys, we thought in the spirit of almost training camp, we would do a Q&A with you guys. Um, and so it was kind of a last-minute decision, wanted to do something, just answer any questions you might have about things upcoming here for the Indianapolis Colts in training camp. And so uh, how this is going to work, guys, is I'm going to have Derek read the questions I'll kind of give my answer. Derek, you give your answer. We'll move on, so on and so forth. I know you have the majority of the questions. I have a, a couple that were DM'd to me. I would also be doing the ones from Instagram as well to wrap us up there. But, uh, yeah, other than that, man, I'm excited. Training camp is very, very close. Uh, yep. Less than less than a week now uh-huh. for the Colts uh, are in Grand Park, I believe, next Wednesday. They are officially – Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I think it'll be – Five, four days, four or five days, if my math is correct, yeah. from when we release this video, that the Colts will officially be at practicing. It's crazy to think about that, man. I can't yeah, believe the season is almost here. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? And you said you were going to training camp practice uh, as a fan, and I know yeah. you and I are going August 11th to Lucas Oil to watch that one, so... Man, I mean, I can't wait to actually get to go to Lucas Oil to watch one of those training camp practices. I just can't wait to see this team compete once again. I can't wait. Now, are we going to Lucas Oil or are we going to Grand Park? Because training camp is at Grand Park. I could have sworn it said that uh, in August that one was in okay. Lucas Oil. Maybe it's something with a preseason game or something. I'm not entirely sure. Um, not that's entirely interesting. Sure. I just assumed Westfield. I assumed there was a place for Yeah, that. right. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool if it was Lucas Oil. That'd be incredible. Didn't they, didn't they have a couple of uh, training camp practices in Lucas Oil last year? Did they they did. Them? They had kind of like a. It was kind of like a live type of thing. It was a live run through kind of yeah. thing like that. Yeah. Maybe that's something similar that they're going to do there, like full maybe. pads kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. But regardless, man, excited for training camp. So let's move on to some of the questions that some of our listeners have regarding training camp, regarding all the different position battles that are going to happen and other things. So Derek, let's move to the first question here. Okay. First one that we have here is from Seferi at Seferi underscore. Who do you think has the most pressure on the Colts this year? Now, this is kind of a broad question. Not sure, you know, whether to include coaches in here, but Let's just say for all intents and purposes, let's just add coaches to this one as well. Cause you know, we've had a few things 
get brought up about things like that. Uh, so who has the most pressure on the Colts this year? So is this more of a, a training camp question? Like who has the most pressure to maybe make the roster or is this just like a general, like I throughout think, the season? I think it sounds like it's more of a general throughout the season, but since we're sticking in the uh, aspect of training camp, let's just talk mainly training camp who has the most pressure through training camp to perform and make basically make their case to be on the team. Yeah, I'll do both uh, just for the sake of argument here. So I think I'm going to go with probably Ben Banigou, Kamoko Ture, because I feel like these guys have been, you know, highly talked about for the couple of years they've been here. They have athletic traits, but now the pressure's on. I mean, the pressure's on. Like, I, I was tempted to say, like, say Rocky Sen or somebody like that. But the Colts didn't go out and draft two corners in rounds one, one and two, right? They drafted two defensive ends in round one and two. And so I think for these two guys, the pressure's on more than now than ever. Probably Banigou more than Ture to really have a strong training camp. If I'm talking about, you know, players and coaches throughout the season, certainly right, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, they have to have the most pressure. I mean, you, you basically banked a couple high draft picks to get this guy and a good amount of your cap to get this guy on your team. So, I mean, I think it would be foolish to say anybody else besides them. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Kind of took those ones right out of my mouth, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll put another I'll put another name out there, and I wouldn't necessarily say that we don't anticipate this guy to live up to expectations because he has far exceeded expectations since being drafted. But I think of the circumstances that he has to deal with this year, and I say Darius Leonard is one of them. And we know Darius Leonard loves to thrive off of people putting pressure on him and you know questioning him at times. You know he always lets that fuel him and. I mean, look at the look at the obstacles he's going to have to overcome. He's now the leader of the linebacker group. He's going to have to be the vocal and the guy in the locker room that does those things that Anthony Walker did. And on top of that, you're about to get paid. I mean, we've been hearing the talks of Darius Leonard and his new contract extension, which may end up being the biggest contract extension we've ever seen for a linebacker. You know, so who knows how that's going to go out. So you're obligated to, you know, perform even more on top of, you know, getting those kinds of numbers. So, you know, a lot of pressure on Darius Leonard, you know, he's put in a position since, you know, ever since he was drafted, hasn't really had to deal with yet. So I, I do want to see how he performs with all these new obstacles in his way. Hmm. All right, let's go to the next one here. Let me get this. All right. <laughs> so Dawn of a new apocalypse uh, asks Ooh. Paris Campbell. That's the question. So, uh, okay. So I guess we're just talking about here. Like, what do we expect out of Paris Campbell for training camp? I think like that was the perfect like question because what about Paris Campbell? What is he going to be, man? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be fully ready to go? Is he going to be able to last the majority of the season? Like, I think right now people just have no expectation for Paris Campbell because we've barely seen him, Derek. We've barely seen Paris Campbell on the field, um, especially last year to no fault of his own. But it's just he's it sucked for Paris Campbell the first two years, if I'm being frank. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the question is, and yet now in year three, what is Paris Campbell, right? Is is he going to live up to that second round hype, right? Is he going to live up and – I mean, you look at those second round receivers that were taken that year. I mean, you got the AJ Browns, you got the DJ Met, DK Metcalfs, excuse me. 
you got guys like that who are ascending players and being talked about as some of the best wide receivers in football. And then you have guys like Paris Campbell, who he's shown very high ability, but he just hasn't been on the field. And, and there's been so many people that have been like, man, why didn't the Colts go draft this player, this wide receiver, that wide receiver, um, and kind of just have written Paris Campbell off to this point. And so it is a big year for Paris Campbell. You know, what kind of, what are we going to get from him? Can he stay healthy or is he just going to continue to be, I'm sorry that maybe to bring up some old wounds, but is he going to be another Malik hooker, right? Another guy with loads of potential, but could never stay on the field when it mattered. That's the biggest question for me with Paris Campbell is his health. I think the talent is there for sure. Um, I think he can definitely help this offense in so many ways, but if he can't stay healthy, the best ability is availability, Derek. And if he can't do that, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, we've seen a couple of the camp videos of him looking 100%. So it's uh, going to be very interesting to see what he does with Carson Wentz in training camp. Very excited to see what will happen there. All right. Next question from Cody Gallia at Cody High Roller asks Who's your dark horse to make the 53 man roster this year? You know who that is, Derek? Who is that? You probably don't know who this is. So Cody Galea, he was a training camp body for the Indianapolis Colts about four or five years ago. I actually met him down at camp and I was like, hey man, yeah. nice name. And we've been able to connect. I didn't even know he sent that question and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he sent that out. So that's amazing. Well, hi, Cody. Good to see you again, man. I uh, hope you're doing well in life. But uh, I'm sorry, read the question to me one more time. I heard the name and I just like zoned out. I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, dark Horse to make the dark three man roster. From Ooh. That's a really good question. Oh, dark horse. Um, I would say, man. Ooh, see, I'm torn one. between a couple different guys. Do you have a guy that that comes to mind? For I, you? I know, and not the one that comes right off the top of my head. You know, I mean, there's so yeah. many different positions of need in this. I mean, okay, I, think, I got. Uh, I, got I don't one. know. I, I really don't even know because you know, I, I would say it really just depends for me on the defensive line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it also kind of depends on the, uh, I uh, think it also depends on the wide receivers. And if I'm going to be honest, I think a dark horse here, just seeing how much work he's getting with the quarterbacks and such, I'd say Mike Strawn. I I'll say Mike Strawn at this point. I've seen okay. so many times where he's working out with Carson Wentz and even putting in extra work that other guys aren't. You know, I mean, I'm impressed with the guy's work ethic. He's been around and he's been doing a lot. So, you know, you'd love to see that from, you know, a seventh round guy who's coming out and, you know, being what we need him to be. And that's being committed. And I think that leads to potential dark horse mojo right here. All right. I have two guys. I had Tyler Vaughns, who's an undrafted guy mm -hmm. uh, from USC. And I thought he's a very good player. And uh, I was kind of shocked that he went undrafted. So I think he's one name. And then Deion Jackson, I think is his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, the running back. I, I think he could one. potentially 
be a dark horse, sneak his way on the roster as a number four running back. Nothing against Jordan Wilkins, but maybe the Colts want to let him have another opportunity somewhere else. So, you know, especially with Jordan Wilkins' contract expiring here, you know, pretty soon, I could see maybe the Colts electing to go with the younger guy, the kind of a different type of running back a little bit. Then a Jordan Wilkins, I could see the Colts potentially go in that direction. So I, I could see those two guys potentially sneaking their way out of the back end of the roster. Okay. All right, cool. All right, next one. Ryan Stager at Ryan Stager 7 says, I personally think Marlon Mack will have a good 800-yard year on top of Jonathan Taylor's 1,000-plus and Hines with another 400, 500 yards receiving. S, am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, wow, that's a lot of yardage, man. That, I mean, so you'd he be didn't near mention Naheem Hines rushing. He did not mention right. Naheem Hines rushing. He just said 400, 500 yards receiving, which I don't remember the stat right off the top of my head, but I'm quite positive that Naheem Hines did something very close to that, or if not, did it last year. And then, you know, Taylor getting over 1,000 and Marlon Mack getting 800 this year, all purpose. Man, that would that would be very interesting. I mean, that that would indicate to me probably a more even split than I thought, and I think the Colts will do. Now mm-hmm. the Colts will run their running backs. I think personally, Jonathan Taylor is going to get a, you know the majority of the snaps, and I think he's going to be about on the 1200 to 1500 yard range. And then Marlon Mack, you know, obviously not going to have the role he had in 2019, but I still think he's going to, you know, provide some, some valuable minutes for you. I just don't think it's going to be like 40, 50% of the snaps, you know what I mean? At running back. So I think 800 yards is a bit ambitious if I'm being completely honest, but I could definitely see five, 600 yards for Marlon Mack, but you know, and I think if in order for that to happen, um, unfortunately, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have to miss a couple games for Marlon Mack to get that much run at running back. He'd have to be kind of the starter, but certainly the other ones, I don't see an issue with that for sure. All right. Uh, last question here on Twitter. Okay. And this is from JP Hemlick. Who has the higher ceiling, pay or Dio? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. I think okay. we know. I think I know where this is going to go. Well, I know what you're going to say. Um, oh, okay. And I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Oh, okay. um, because I think Dio is just such a physical freak. Like we have seen nobody as long as Dio for how long? Like, my goodness. I mean, from a physical standpoint, I'm going to say Dio probably has the higher ceiling. Now, obviously measurables are are big, but they're not, you know, the end all be all right. Like you have to be able to strap on pads and go and be effective. I mean, the Colts franchise leading sackers were undersized, right? So mm-hmm. that I don't put very much. I mean, obviously I put some weight into that because you see what the DeForest Buckner does for your defense. But I think the, the ceiling probably physically goes to Dio. I'll give him the edge there. But uh, that's tough for me, man, because I think both these guys have really high potential to be really good players for the Colts on that defensive line. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that Dio... You know, just when you look at the physical attributes that, you know, I mean, no fault of Quiddy Pays just isn't going to quite be able to uh, to mimic. I mean, you know, Quiddy Pay could become, you know, and both of these guys are both very raw prospects. Everybody said that, that, you know, these guys do have some moves, but they're not very fine tuned yet. They're just basically big balls of potential that you're just going to need to figure out what you can do with. And, you know, Dio being 6'5 and being 280 pounds and having the longest arm span that we've seen 
uh, ever come into the NFL. I mean, that's pretty impressive, and I am very excited to see what this guy can do, especially seeing the motor on him. Now, Quiddy Pay and Dio both have amazing motors. They both do. So it's great to know that you're going to have a, a pieces like that on your defensive line for years to come. But I just think with the athleticism and the physical peak that Dio is able to reach, I just think that is more uh, of something that you know really could help this team moving forward. But I'll, I'm still hoping for Quiddy. I really hope he he yeah. proves me wrong on my stats. You know, I Absolutely. I was very critical of his stats because you know I wasn't trying to be like you know oh he's going to get ten sacks like I didn't say that at all so i hope he does <laughs> yeah all right so let's move into the youtube questions here all right so indiana sports talk our guy who will be the third linebacker for the colts next year we got darius and then bobby and then who else mm, that's a good question we've talked about this i feel like a lot recently well yeah we did the linebackers one yeah. recently, so we broke that down so we did another one too talking about it so yeah 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 i think probably the front runner is zaire franklin if i'm guessing right now based off of kind of what i've seen and how much it appears the colts like zaire franklin i mean heck they gave him a captain badge on special teams for a reason they trust the guy so mm -hmm. i think he's probably the front runner right now but EJ Speed for me is the wild card guy who, if he can take a leap here in year three, uh, I could definitely see him challenging and taking that spot because I think he has the highest potential of any of these guys vying for that spot. But I think those guys, maybe Matthew Adams throw into the list. I really think guys like Malik Jefferson or any of those guys really have a legit chance. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. ...to make that starting position there at the Sam linebacker, but obviously they can surprise you. Uh, but I think those three guys that I talked about are probably the three guys I'm looking at right now who who can, you know, are probably going to challenge for that spot. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm not, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, it's pretty much the same argument we've been making over the last few weeks. So, all right, this one from FaZe Waterhose. Haven't seen this guy around much. He says once the season gets more active, he'll be around. But says, do you think DeMichael Harris will stay with the Colts after training camp? Well, if he does make, if he doesn't make the roster, I think, I mean, he all last year, he was a practice squad guy. So I think the Colts could potentially stash him there again. And, you know, say, unfortunately, you know, something happens to a Paris Campbell again, you have a DeMichael Harris who you trust in your system. He's had a year in your system. Um, I think he'll, I think he could potentially be a guy you could sneak on the practice squad to answer the question. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the same way. I don't know if DeMichael Harris really wants to I mean DeMichael Harris may potentially try it out, but you know, I think that if he enjoys the spot he's at with or with the uh, Colts and you know, he's utilized quite in quite a few games, so I think he would probably just prefer to stay in the spot that he's at. But, you know, that's a personal preference for him, but all right, we got a couple of questions here from JDW our guy. Uh, if you guys haven't followed him, make sure to go check out his podcast. Does a great podcast over there. What are the chances 
that Sam Ellinger will beat out Jacob Eason for the backup QB job. <laughs> trying to start an me, argument, I see. Does he want to give give me a percent? Do I want to give a percent or something? Is that kind of how he wants me to do it? Because I will. Um, I think a great percent or chance or. Mm. Um, I think probably under twenty percent, if I'm being completely honest. And that's no shot against him. I just think Jacob Eason has a higher ceiling. Personally, I mean, I think he's more of the prototypical type of quarterback that you like. And I think you can afford to have a guy like Ellinger on your practice squad. We talked about it when he got drafted, right? He can kind of, obviously he can't be the type of quarterbacks like Lamar or, you know, some of those guys in the ASC, Josh Allen comes to mind, but he can kind of mimic what they do, right? He he plays that kind of style where he can run it and pass it. So um, I wouldn't mind keeping him on the practice squad there and just having him kind of be that scout team quarterback for your defense from week to week. All right, um, I'll get, I'll go a little higher. I'll go I'll go forty percent chance. He's got a forty percent chance. Like I said for a long time, that I think his style of play is much more the type of quarterback that Frank Reich in their system likes to run versus a guy like Jacob Eason. And you know, hearing what they've had to say about Sam Ellinger when they drafted him, you know, being that locker room guy and being the guy with the edge. You know, I mean, they, they weren't saying that stuff very often about Jacob Eason. So I just don't know. You know, I mean, I hear a lot of great things from the inside about, you know, about Sam Ellinger, but I don't hear it the same about Jacob Eason. I mean, that probably could mean nothing, but that's just from what I hear. All right. So two more questions. This one's kind of not training camp related, but if you got to take any player from any team, Besides quarterback, who would you take and why? Mm. Oh, I know who I am. I know who the, I am. Who are you taking? Miles Garrett. That's what I was going to say. Miles Garrett. I was thinking of all the good pass rushers. <laughs> I'm glad that you and I are on the same freaking page with that. Yeah, Miles Garrett, the best all-around defensive end in, in the NFL right now when he's healthy. I don't want to hear a thing about TJ Watt being a better pure pass rusher. Miles Garrett is still a better run defender and Miles Garrett when he's healthy can dominate people just as much. And it wouldn't be much of a transition. I mean, no, really with, with TJ Watt, he's more he's standing up right now if I'm not mistaken, right? So he's like a linebacker technically. Mhm. Yeah, he's technically the outside linebacker hybrid. Yeah, like, I hate he, that. He's an edge rusher. He's not a defensive end. He's an edge rusher it's ridiculous <sighs> they're they're defensive ends okay i don't want to hear that crap <laughs> but who else would you take someone else um, that miles for you i mean probably he, yeah probably miles garrett <laughs> um honestly one of those stud pass rushers give me one of them i don't care um i'll take them i'll take any of them you know also to kind of throw a, a little bit of a wrinkle i wouldn't mind you know a, a, a shutdown corner would be nice also yeah. So, you know, somebody like a Tredavious White or well, that would be very like nice. That. Yeah, that would be nice, too. Yeah, I could just Im only imagine having DeForest Buckner on one side and Miles Garrett on the other. I mean, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Like, who do you bring your attention to? You've got nothing. You've got nothing. <laughs> that defensive line would destroy anyone. I. Right. Which roster bubble player do you want to make the roster? but probably won't. Oh, okay. Uh, I like this question. This is good. This is yeah, good. Yeah, it's a little different. It is a little bit different. 
You know, I haven't thought much about this about that. You know, I haven't really thought about guys that I don't think will make the roster that I actually like. I probably did this quite a bit last year. You know, remember my homerness when I was talking about who was it? Was it? Uh, it was. Um, it was not Whitworth. It was um, the kid we drafted out of Penn State. Oh, Windsor, yeah, Windsor, yeah, yeah. That was that was the one that I was talking about last year where I I wanted him to make it, but he just didn't. And, you know, I mean, that was kind of me the whole offseason. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's tough, man. That is that's so tough. Because there's really not anybody on this draft roster that, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, I know Sam Ellinger is getting in. I'm quite positive that our our fifth rounders are going to come in as well. Sean Davis is probably going to make the roster in some shape or form. And then, you know, I feel like Strawn is the only one out. There's Will Fries and there's Strawn. I don't, those are the only two you can talk about when it comes to, um, when you talk about the draft picks that we may not think makes the roster initially, but then you just talk about all the other guys. I don't know. Well, like it doesn't have to necessarily be rookies. It could just be anybody on the roster. Yeah, it could just be anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that this is so tough. If I had like a couple years ago, I could name like four or five players for you. You know? Yeah, right. I think a lot of people's answer to this question is going to be Desmond Patman. Yeah. I think I think that's going to be a lot of people's response to this. It's not going to be mine, but I know a lot of people that are saying that. I could see that for sure. I could see Desmond Patman being being somebody that that people people seem to love Desmond Patman, which is great. Seems like a great guy. I mean, kind of seeing him and and working out with Michael Pittman all the time. Like, seems like they're they're really close. Have that great bond. I think it'd be cool to have him on the roster. It's just tough, man, with all the guys vying for that spot. Like, yeah. is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? We just don't know right now. So it's hard to say. We don't think any of these guys are going to make it at wide receiver. There's a ton of guys. I feel like I want DeMichael Harris to make the roster, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, you know, day one, final 53, because I like what he brought. I just don't know, like, if that's necessarily what the Colts need right now with how their wide receivers are. So a couple of those wide receivers, yeah, I think those two guys would would probably come to mind for me. So I'll go there. Yeah, I think that's that's probably it or one of these uh, undrafted free agents when you're talking about guys like Tyler Vaughn's and and Jackson, you know, coming out of Duke. You know, I think those are I think Jackson for me would be the one that I really would hope makes the roster but doesn't actually make it. You know, again, I think the Colts may divert back to Jordan Wilkins just due to the experience factor. Uh, But, you know, I would really like to see. Jackson come in and be able to be that flip back that we need and somebody who could potentially come in on special teams to help out as well. So that would probably be my guy. Yeah. And that's all I have for the YouTube questions. All right. I have one last one from Instagram, Michael Landers, 1990. He says, my question is with cut downs coming up, do you expect the Colts to be looking for upgrades? expect them to look for upgrades i'm assuming just different positions like when guys get cut you can always look for upgrades but you know just it depends on the position of need you would think what position would you think like you would be looking for if you were in the in chris ballard's chair based off of your current roster either linebacker or corner that would be probably what i would be considering 
Okay. I'm not even worried about the wide receivers. We got plenty of them to choose from. Uh, Not even worried about offensive line running back. I'm not even worried about the whole offense. The whole offense does not bother me at all. Basically, it's just, you know, our linebacker position. And I'm not even worried about the defensive line depth because there's a lot of it. So I don't have to worry about that. You know, it's basically the linebackers and the corners. And that's just a credit to Ballard with all the depth that he's built. Like over the years, it seems like the Colts have depth everywhere pretty much, except for those couple positions that we're a little bit concerned about. But yeah, I mean, I I think that just speaks to how well the Colts have constructed their roster and how they found guys that can be quality backups that you don't really worry about. So yeah, I I think I agree with you there. But all right, well, that'll do it for our pre-training camp Q&A, guys. Thank you for everybody who sent in questions. We really appreciate it. A little bit of a shorter Q&A. Normally we do over an hour. This one's just about 30 minutes or so. So um, a little bit shorter, guys, but uh, glad to do it anyway. Glad to talk Colts with you guys. It's going to be exciting, man. Cannot wait for training camp. Like I said, man, only only mere days away, and then we're back into football season, baby. Let's go. Absolutely, man. I'm so excited. Oh, like I've been waiting for months. Man, I didn't lose all this weight just to have to wait any longer for football season, man. I'm trying to get ready for training camp. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. If you're still here and you haven't yet, love for you to hit that like, subscribe button, all that good stuff because the season's almost here, guys. And we want you to follow along with us as we look at the 2021 Indianapolis Colts and follow their journey. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.